I want to take a second to remind you to sign up for the Poso Daily Brief. It is completely free. It'll be one email that's sent to you every day. You can stop the endless scrolling trying to find out what's going on in your world. We will have this delivered directly to you totally for free. Go to humanevents.com slash Poso. Sign up today. It's called the Poso Daily Brief. Read what I read for show prep. You will not regret it. Humanevents.com slash Poso. Totally free. The Poso Daily Brief. When I grew up in the hood, I rolled with bloods. And then boys had a saying, you can't be We are in a fifth generational conflict. For every lie they tell, we're going to get in their face and yell two truths. This is Human Events with your host, Jack Posobiec. Christ is Osama King. bin Laden was a terrorist who committed a horrific act against American people. And I believe that Donald Trump is a terrorist who committed horrific acts against the American people. Two U.S. Navy sailors are accused of betrayal, charged with sending national defense secrets to China for thousands of dollars in exchange. I must educate Elon Musk. Why must I educate Elon Musk? He looks like an illiterate. The only thing that protects him is his white skin. That's not appropriate. We're not talking about mob actions. I didn't say that. What, what I, okay, what I'm... Hold on a second, okay? Respectfully. These large gatherings. It's important that we speak of these dynamics in an appropriate way. All of it feels so incredibly arrogant to me that I'm like, no, this felt like a day when we got justice just to see him humbled, not called President Trump. Not given the weird deference that, you know, even some in the media give him. I thought it was actually a great day for America, and I didn't feel solemn at all. Wait. What about Sonny? If he, make, he makes a deal with, with, with Smith. Without jail time? With, and without jail. He says, look, I'm going away. I'm moving to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be good? It would be, Wolf, the end of our democracy if Donald Trump was able to get back into office. Special counsel Jack Smith. This is a man of a lot of grit and a lot of determination. This is a very sad day for America. Uh, when you look at what's happening, this is a persecution of a political opponent. So if you can't beat him, you persecute him or you prosecute him. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events with Jack Posobiec. Today is August 4, 2023, Anno Domini. Ladies and gentlemen, the cure for long TDS has arrived. Yes, Human Events is live. We've got the cure for you folks because unfortunately, here's what's happened across our great land. Trump derangement syndrome is now affecting a part of the right. It is the new pandemic, but don't worry folks. We are your instrument of ivermectin. We are your new double dose of hydroxychloroquine. Yes, the human events of hydroxychloroquine has arrived because it's simple. You just need to admit it. Donald Trump will be the 2024 nominee. The people have spoken. The people have made their choice. The people have decided that they're going to stand with the man. They're going to stand with the man that his rivals have spent tens of millions of dollars against, that the media has spent tens of billions of dollars against, that his own government 
arrests again and again and again because you see, ladies and gentlemen, America loves a fighter. America loves a guy who will never quit. With the entire deck stacked against him. And he stands up there and says, bring on even more. You don't understand something about this country. You don't understand potentially anything about this country if you don't understand what's going on right now. And so I would like to formally say, formally say, congratulations to the great meme war victors of 2023. Salute. Salute to the meme war victors of 2023. Round one, round one is now at an end. But round two will commence very soon because we can see in poll after poll after poll that are dropping, these rivals are about to be dropping like flies as these polls are coming out. And it's, folks, it's a bloodbath. It's an absolute bloodbath. Uh, whether it's Michigan, South Carolina, Iowa, New Hampshire, it doesn't matter. Emerson, New York Times, Rasmussen, they're all telling you the same thing. When they're all telling you the same thing and they're all lining up, it's because the people of this country have had enough. They've had enough of the multinational government running our way of life and trying to strip our way of life. They've had enough of multinational international banks and military industrial concerns. They want a president of the people who speaks his own mind, who's authentic and actually has the ability to create a connection with the people. Whether you like him or not, whether you like him or not, you must accept that this conversation is over. This primary is wrapping up faster than anyone thought possible. When I grew up in the hood, I rolled with bloods. And then boys had a saying. You can't be listening to all that slappy whack, trim out his eyelids, a bam ship, nippy bam bam, like human events with Jack Posobiec. We're back here live Washington, D.C. Jack Posobiec, folks, I had my blackout coffee this morning. I don't know about y'all, but when I go to reach for my brutal awakening, I see here's what happened this morning, was that Tanya Tay had an early appointment, so that means... When I got up, it was show prep, find out what's going on in the news, talk to sources, uh, see, you know, touch base with the team over at Post Millennial, the team at Human Events, find what stories are, are bubbling up through the hopper. And then I got to take the kids. I got to get them up. I got to clean them up. I got to get them fed. We do our morning prayers. We do all of it. Look. I'm not going to be able to do that without my blackout coffee. So when I reached for my brutal awakening, I went for the dark roast this morning. So I did go for the dark roast. That's why I might seem a little extra energetic today. You can get yours too and power yourself, power your future with blackoutcoffee.com, promo code POSO20. Why do we put the 20 on there? Because that's for 20% off your first order. This is the best coffee that we've been able to sell, hands down, blackoutcoffee.com, uh, promo code POSO20. It's 20% off your first order. You get the three-bag subscription, four-bag-a-month subscription. You will love it. So many different flavors, by the way. You know, some mornings you're, you're, you're looking for the medium. 
You might just want a morning reaper. Some days you're, you know, you're looking for something a little lighter. I get it. I totally get it. They've got whatever you need. Blackoutcoffee.com, promo code POSO20. And now I wanted to bring in today someone else who was cutting it up yesterday. It's Natalie Winters, the once and future uh, human events uh, senior editor, someone who is currently working for some, some other publication right now, but temporarily taking a leave of absence from human events. Natalie Winters, welcome back to the show. Yes, I've been uh, slumming it in the war room, but I'm, of course, always happy to join you, Jack. Thank you for having me. So, Natalie, when, when you saw, you've got a, a huge story that breaking that I want to get to, but I, I also want to ask you about your experiences on the ground there outside of that courthouse, but also your, you spent time seeing Trump supporters come up. Uh, you saw the president there. You saw him at the courthouse. Then we, we wake up this morning and we see we're just inundated with poll after poll after poll. The swing states, the battleground states uh, in the general election are actually in, in Michigan. Trump is up in Michigan against Biden, which he was never up in any of the 2020 polls. Nationally, he's up on, against Biden in the 2020 polls or neck and neck uh, from where he was in the 2020 polls, I should say. And then in the early states, just destroyed absolutely destroying uh, DeSantis and the other rivals. Natalie, what do you attribute this to? Well, I think yesterday was really a perfect example of it's not confirmation bias. It's actually cold, hard proof that Donald Trump really is the only candidate capable of taking down the deep state. And that's why they're going after him so hard all the way up to Joe Biden's Department of Justice. And we were talking about this yesterday, um, how we ended the show, how we ended War Room, you know, in 2016 and 2020, and more precisely, I think in 2016, the Republican establishment was still intact, right? And we saw all the various ways that they tried to take down Donald J. Trump. But ever since Donald Trump won in 2016, I think it's fair to say that he really has obliterated the power of the Republican establishment as we know it, right? The best that they can put up is Ron DeSantis, is Chris Christie. And Ron DeSantis still even has to use kind of parroted Trump talking points because they know the MAGA base, the grassroots, the activist type voters, they're not going to buy the neocon talking points anymore. They are, you know, long gone, far past the Bush days. But I think on the other side of that, since the Republican establishment is not up to task to take on Donald J. Trump, I think that's why you see the Biden DOJ sort of picking up their slack, in other words, kind of the more Democratic uh, branch of the administrative state needing to go after Donald Trump all the way up really to what is the highest form of lawfare, you know, three soon to be four indictments. But I think yesterday for me, the takeaway, and honestly, I had the same reflections. I also was on the ground for the Miami um, arraignment too. And it really is just how well-informed and knowledgeable um, the MAGA base is, the type of people who show up to protest in their MAGA hats, right? Even though the mainstream media loves to depict them as crazy, you know, they're the basket of deplorables, they're rubes, they're grundoons, as Steve would say. They're so well-versed on the issues. I mean, I feel like I'm gonna lose my job talking to these some, some of these people when they can go through the inner workings of the Hunter Biden corruption, whether it's Ukraine, China, Romania, Iraq, you name it. Um, so I think that to me was one of the most important takeaways from yesterday is just how well informed on actual facts, not fabricated evidence. I was, like you see these indictments against Trump. It's so funny you bring that up because I was having that conversation with somebody just yesterday that, you know, will go out to, um, you know, one of these events across the anywhere across the country that we have them. And you'll, you know, we do the, especially if we're doing a turning point event and, you know, people come up, they do Q&A at the end. 
and um, you will we'll get these questions and it's not like, oh, it's, you know, what do you think we should do about guns? What do you think we should do about tax policy? It's like, okay, so if I understand this correctly, Hunter Biden was brought onto the Brisbane board and then Devin Archer was brought onto the board around the same time. This was when Shokin was, and this will just be some, uh, you know, some person I've never spoken to in my life. And then they'll start coming up and going, uh, oh, by the way, and we follow Tanya Tay as well. How are the kids doing? We saw that picture you guys posted with the balloon the other day, your trip to, you know, Florida. It's like, it's, it's amazing to me how plugged in uh, our people are. And at the same time, though, they're actually going through connecting the dots on the corruption that we're seeing un uncovering in terms of our country. So, you know, Natalie, I will say, though, you know, when it comes to Chris Christie and others, you know, I have to I'll, I'll give him this. I'll give him this. Show me anyone working harder in this 2024 primary than Chris Christie's belt right now, because that thing, he's over there in Ukraine right now. He's you know, he's he's fighting hard for um you know, Ukraine's uh, freedom, fighting hard for those Republican votes. I don't believe uh, we've officially added Ukraine as a, a caucus for the, uh, the, you know, the primary yet. But what is this? Why is Christie going to Ukraine? Why is Mike Pence going to Ukraine? Why won't they simply come back and actually ask people the questions or, by the way, go over to Ukraine and maybe ask them the questions? Why were you guys paying all of this money to a crackhead and his idiot buddies? Well, that's just, I think, why people are still drawn to Donald Trump. And frankly, I think why the elites, why the establishment are so opposed to him. I mean, there's nothing more, at least to me, hilarious than watching, you know, MSNBC primetime where they play clips of Donald Trump saying that all he wants to do is end the war in Ukraine. And they get so upset about it because they know he poses an existential threat to the money laundering, grifting operation um, that is the Ukraine conflict and it shouldn't be lost on anyone i think you were one of the first people to you know tweet this out and encapsulate it in such simple terms but you know they impeached trump for what biden did and it really is the old alinskyite tactic of course of, of accusing the enemy of what you're guilty of but i think the key point that people are starting to pick up on either through reading stories or frankly just seeing the world with their own eyes is that the ramifications of Joe Biden's corruption and the corrupt deals that Hunter Biden was inking across the entire globe. It's not just that they made millions of dollars and this is a tale of DC corruption. The vestiges of this corruption continue to this day because remember Hunter Biden, a lot of these, these deals that they were inking had to do with energy policy. They had to do with Ukraine and getting certain people fired. And I think that's why you see, for instance, the day after you know FD 1023 forms drop or this witness comes and testifies, you see more money to the tune of tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars going to Ukraine because it's not taxpayer funded aid. It's, it's, it's basically silence payments, right? It's insurance payments, I would argue, to people in Ukraine. And no wonder why Joe Biden couldn't even put America first, at least when it comes to domestic energy production, if he wanted to, because for decades they've been selling out this country to the Chinese Communist Party and other foreign um, countries, particularly on the front of energy. And I think that's why you see such ridiculously high gas prices, ridiculous policies, canceling the Keystone Pipeline, you name it, um, because it really represents the type of business deals that they were pursuing. They couldn't even put America first um, if they wanted to. And they don't even think they have to pretend. Obviously, they know they can get away, get away with bald-faced lies to the American people. Um, but I, I think that's the important part, this sort of next step when you look at this corruption, is that it's not just contained to the Obama days. It's not just contained to Hunter Biden. 
um, and whatever prostitute he's choosing to you know spend his night with, it is directly affecting the American people all the way to when you you know get the gas pump and start filling up your car. That price that you see that is way higher than it was under Donald J. Trump is because Hunter Biden compromised his entire family, specifically on the energy front. Oh, that's exactly right, because we've seen over just even the past couple of weeks that OPEC has decided to tighten the belt again. So they're cutting production. They're doing this in order to drive the price of oil up. And now we don't even have the ability to outproduce them. It's funny, I'm actually working on uh, we're going to have uh, Dan Turner from Power of the Future on here pretty soon to specifically go through this with us in detail. But that's essentially what's going on is that America doesn't have our own reserves the, or the ability to tap our own reserves and actually do something about that. Instead, what are we doing with our reserves? Oh, we're selling our strategic oil reserve to the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, so and you've got a huge scoop about that. I want to hold you after the break. We've got about a minute left here to talk more about what you've been able to expose with the Chinese Communist Party. I want to remind everybody, go check out our China Files uh, the China Files series that Human Events put together over Christmas time. You say, why is Poso spending all these days, all this time, all these weeks talking about the Chinese Communist Party, telling you their history, explaining what's going on? This is why. Natalie Winters will explain this when we come back, why it was so important. So make sure that when you're there, subscribe Human Events. We're now live on Twitter every day. We're live on Rumble every day. And I'm told we're also live on YouTube every single day until they ban us. Uh, we're going to do everything possible within our power to get banned on youtube so i can't wait till that drops join the but club folks, you have to understand i know right so if, <laughs> if if i remember correctly and we're, we're just about to go to a break but now if you upload any clip from the war room onto youtube it still gets anything banned. Is that right anything so even like if it's just minutes, me and you it's amazing yep <laughs> even if it's even yep. if it's not steve even if it's you know we could be talking about like uh you know doing the the war room merch or something even if it's the second banned. tier host, exactly, banned within the like second 10 tier. minutes. Se well, the second tier is post though. What does that make you? Oh, boom. Third. Boom, headshot. Fourth. Third tier, heads on pikes. Oops. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back for this train wreck of an episode here on Human Events. Talk about influencers. These are influencers. And uh, they're friends of mine. Jack Rosovic. Where's Jack? Jack. He's done a great job. All right, we're back. Jack Posobiec here with Natalie Winters live in Washington, D.C., where it seems like we're getting closer and closer to the real reckoning in this country. But that's not what Joy Reid wants us to believe. She wants to remind us that there's another form of reckoning going on right now, a racial form of reckoning. Don't take my, don't take my word for it, but we're going to work on getting a clip for this in the next couple of minutes. But uh, but Natalie, because we do have breaking news, Natalie, I've got to tell you this breaking news out of out of The New York Times. Uh, Ron DeSantis has stated that theories by Donald Trump about the 2020 election being stolen were unsubstantiated, directly contradicting a central argument of Trump and his supporters. What do you think about that, Natalie? Is that how you win a Republican primary? Certainly not. And certainly not if you say that the day after Donald J. Trump was just indicted by the very same administrative state, Ron DeSantis is supposed to be taking down, uh, basically instead just affirming their case, affirming everything that they've said. But 
that's really, I think, an all the more curious take for someone like Ron DeSantis to have, because to say it's unsubstantiated doesn't even say, you know, oh, well, maybe it's because they were privateering basically the election process through Zuckerberg bucks or, you know, they toyed around with the uh, election law so you could do universal vote by mail um, in the time of a pandemic. So even though it was unusual, it was, you know, sort of legalized fraud in that sense. But that, I mean, undercuts, I mean, so much work that conservative media, alternative media has done, even lawmakers, even reports, even state senators, I'm inclined to think of the Arizona audit, even in Georgia have done to discredit. So to say something like that, I think uh, at face value is extremely disrespectful to the people who work on the election integrity front and certainly sets that crusade back a lot. But he's basically, I mean, no worse than Jack Smith. In other words, denying the truth to the American people just in all hopes of, you know, getting better political optics, trying to take down Donald Trump um, and his campaign, trying to make the case that people should vote for him instead of Donald J. Trump, because he's the only one that can beat Joe Biden. I mean, honestly, it doesn't surprise me because I think as we've covered extensively, of course, on Warm and this show, you know, Ron DeSantis, it's sort of a Cyrano de Bergerac situation where you have the consultant class, the kind of neocon establishment, the Bush types just speaking through him, him. And I'm sure they just want to get in the fact that they don't think Donald Trump won in a substantiated way. Um, but Ron DeSantis, I think, has I mean, I, I feel like he's committed political suicide or political seppuku, you know, many times on the campaign trail. But this, I think, now now puts him in Mike Pence territory and Chris Christie territory, um, because even if you take Trump out of it, there are fundamental issues with the way elections are running well, I, this country. And to say that he lost is just an outright lie. And it's 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 amazing because just regardless of what your 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 feeling might be or your your level of analysis on the 2020 election. Right. So let me just look at this objectively. If you're trying to win in a Republican primary right now, why would you be coming out against something that you know seven out of ten Republicans all believe in or agree with? Even Joe Rogan just yesterday was coming out saying that he thought there were problems with the 2020 election, and he, I believe he used the word shenanigans, and then he specifically came down and he said that the theories and the, uh, the facts of the case in Kerry Lake's election in Arizona in 2020 were actually true. He said, yeah, I believe that. I, he essentially said, I think what she's saying is true. So you got a guy like Joe Rogan out there who's no conservative coming out and saying these things. That wins him favor, right, with a lot of conservatives who may disagree with them on any number of issues. Um, but then you got a guy like Ron DeSantis coming out who's, remember, his job right now is to try to win the Republican primary. I, I, I just don't get it. But I don't understand who he's trying to win over. Um, he has spent his super PAC has spent thirty-five million dollars collapsing his standing down to the teens. He himself has spent like eight to ten million dollars. They're shedding staff. They're they're shedding staff and the Ron DeSantis campaign faster than South Africa is shedding electricity right now. That's how bad it is. But but Natalie. To, when you look at the insanity of all this, when you look at the insanity, because I know there's a story you want to get to as well, that it's not just about this. It's about that so many of these 
I call them the true cons, the long TDSers, whatever, is they're so far behind the eight ball. They're, they're tweeting stuff about China and Hunter Biden that you broke years ago, that War Room broke years ago, that we were on there in October of 2022 talking about. Roseanne Barr had me on her podcast in October, excuse me, of 2020 to talk about this. Uh, which I think we're going to try to release, by the way, as like a bonus podcast here to see if it want to see, make sure that it, you know, that it holds up and all right, you know. Um, but uh, these conservatives refuse to cover the stories that you've broken. They refuse to credit you for stories that you've broken. And you've got another massive scoop today. So rather than whine about it, rather than complain about it, I love that Natalie Winters is putting them all in their place. Congratulations to you, Natalie, and tell us about this new story. Sure. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about it. You know, we like to call the Biden family traitors and treasonous. And I know that that's a, a bold charge to make. But like I always do with my stories, I have the evidence to back it up. And frankly, I think the story is one of really the most damning when it comes to the people that the Biden family uh, were associating with, because there's obviously a lot of talk about CEFC, China Energy, whenever you hear about the Biden family receiving millions of dollars from the Chinese Communist Party. This was typically the conduit that it was coming through. Um, Hunter Biden declared himself in emails that I had recovered back at the National Pulse um, on his hard drive as the, quote, managing director of this firm. But this isn't just some run-of-the-mill Chinese Communist Party uh, you know, financial institution or energy firm. This is a, a organization, an entity that specifically had a political warfare department wing, a political arm, a political operation geared towards going after and not just targeting or capturing, but really merging with America's elite. And this story, I think, really encapsulates that really from a simple, you know, jargon free layman's term perspective. Um, I uncovered a bunch of deleted Web pages, deleted strategy papers, op eds. Um, written by CEFC China Energy uh, thought leaders, uh, posted on their website. Of course, the website is now defunct. You can't even uh, find it. Much uh, is the same with a lot of Hunter Biden's past business ventures. But if you really get into what they were talking about, as much as we like to say Democrats hate America and want to see us fall on the world stage, the Chinese Communist Party gives them a run for their money because all of the rhetoric on this website had to do with making sure China surpasses the United States, um, and even the word warfare is on there. For example, there's a piece uh, entitled How to Resolve the China Threat Threat Theory. And if you walk through, the, and this is, these are long strategy papers, right? There's a lot of depth to them. They talk about the various, quote, warfare tactics, particularly in, in regards to alternative forms of warfare, like information warfare, media warfare, and how to get other countries, such as America, to not perceive of the Chinese Communist Party as a direct threat. They also have a piece in there where they quite literally say, China now uses America to measure its great revival. How about after revival? How about after China surpasses America? China is going from a revival phase to a post-revival phase and from a developing big country to the world's leading country. The takeaway, and I encourage people to go read this article because there's other strategy papers that they had having to do with having the RMB and the yuan replace the dollar, having to do with using energy as a point to advance China's footing on the world stage. But this wasn't just the Biden family taking money in a corrupt scheme from a Chinese Communist Party-linked firm. They were aiding and abetting a Chinese Communist Party military proxy that was hell-bent on seeing China prevail over the United States. And, and this is what people need to understand, is that the Biden family not only was participating in, in essentially the, the rubber stamping of so many of these things, 
they were actually financially benefiting from these relationships. This was not some, uh, you know, campaign type thing where it's like somebody was involved with money over here, money was over there. No. And you saw Devin Archer, by the way, and I have to, to give a shout out to Tucker on this, just one of the most masterful um, examples of the rope-a-dope strategy that I've ever seen uh, when he had Devin Archer in front of him. And Devin Archer sa is, is sitting there saying, well, you know, I mean, it, you know, looking back, it may have been a little, little bit of an abuse, I, I suppose. And I mean, if we would have gone under and Burisma would have gone under and all these other organizations would have gone under if it wasn't for, for our relationship and the brand. But, you know, it wasn't, we didn't do anything wrong. It's, it's, he actually doesn't understand the things that he's saying, Natalie. He just admits all of it right there. But Tucker's able to reel him in by, you know, giving him this false sense of security. And, and it's amazing. I don't know if you had a chance, Natalie, to watch the, the no, newest parts of Tucker's interview. But what do you think about the fact that Devin Archer seems to just freely admit all of it? Well, I don't like the term useful idiot in terms of describing Hunter Biden and the likes of Devin Archer because I think it distances themselves or distances them from accountability and agency. And I do think they were actively engaged in this. Um, but I do think there is some level of that. And, and frankly, why you see people like Devin Archer now coming out of the woodwork trying to, you know, basically save themselves and put themselves uh, before the Biden family is because I think if you really look, Jack, what was motivating these people to do this, to partner with the Chinese Communist Party, to get money from Ukraine, Iraq, Russia, you name it. It wasn't ideologically driven, right? It wasn't like, oh, we want to spread American values and the Biden brand is all about advancing this or advancing that. They were on the money team, right? It was about profit. It was about greed. It was about whatever shady figure from the shadiest corner of the shadiest country would give them a check. And of course, it was the worst of the worst because they, they saw that they could capitalize on the vice president's son like Hunter Biden and get access to a presidential administration. Um, but I think that's why you see people like Devin Archer sort of coming out of the woodwork now because they were never actually committed to this agenda in the first place. It was always about making money and trying to basically, you know, protect themselves first. Um, but I think that's a very, very, very scary mindset, just from a moral standpoint, an ethical standpoint, um, to be engaging with business uh, with the Chinese Communist Party on. Because if you have the Chinese Communist Party who's hellbent on weaponizing their allegedly private companies to help advance the agenda of the Chinese Communist Party of the state, you know that with Article 7 of their national intelligence law that's codified, they have to help advance and support Natalie, it. We're, we're um, running up on sure, our break sure. here. Where can people go to get uh, more information, to read your report, and to follow you? Of course, Natalie G. Winters on all platforms, and I'll be hosting War Room tonight at 5 p.m., and you can go to warrooms.org to read the story. Let's go. Natalie Winters, <laughs> my second favorite War Room host, uh, who is on everyone. Always make I'll sure take it. you follow <laughs> Natalie, one of the best promo droppers out there in the biz these days. Really working herself up on the mic. Stay tuned. We've got a ton more coming up next. Stop buzzing in my ear about the boring people at your office. I'm trying to listen to the new human events with Jack Pozobic. All right, Jack Pasovic back here live, Washington, D.C., Human Events. I want to bring back in here a, a writer, a commentator, and a prognosticator. A prognosticator, someone who called the shot, I think, over a month ago in terms of this, something that she got a lot of pushback for at the time, 
and now everyone is admitting is right. Evita Duffy joins us here back on Human Events. Evita, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So the last time you came on, we had this, you had this whole theory of the case about the Titanic sub, uh, the Titan, and we were talking about how, and I agreed with you actually, that the Biden administration was holding back the information about when they knew that the sub actually had imploded, this thing was gone. But what ended up happening that week, if I remember correctly, it was the first uh, Hunter Biden whistleblower, the first IRS whistleblower came out and was dropping all those receipts on the fact that their investigation was completely hamstringed, um, hamstrung at the time, and that the plea deal was a crock of everyone knows what. That It turns out the judge also agreed with us, by the way, and that's why that plea deal was thrown out. But at the time, you had a theory that they were actually using that story as a smokescreen to cover up the Hunter Biden scandal. Now this week, we have Hunter Biden's associate, Devin Archer, coming out, and suddenly, un lo and behold, another indictment of Donald Trump just magically appears on the very next day. And guess what? Everyone's talking about how the Biden administration appears to be using this as a strategy, but you know who said it first? It was Evita Duffy. Walk us through how you discovered this theory and how it's played out. Well, I mean, I, I don't think I, I don't know if I really discovered it. it just, I mean, to me, it's been self-apparent for a long time. I mean, every time that we get an inkling of this Biden bribery scandal, you get more charges, you get an indictment. There's something that develops in this political persecution of Trump after every time we get um, something about the Biden bribery scandal. It's just how it always plays out. Um, and I think more people are trying to catch on to it. And really, it's going to actually end up hurting um uh, Jack Smith's whole case because he has to prove right that this isn't a political persecution that these are legitimate charges that it has nothing to do um, with with Biden's DOJ going after his primary political opponent that this would happen if it was any other person um, and the truth is we all know that's incorrect and the timing really exemplifies why we know that this is not a legitimate um, system of justice that this is political and it's wrong and it's corrupt. Well, I think that's an interesting point because, look, and, and I'll be I'll be frank, you know, I think that and, and I've sat through trial after trial in the D.C. courthouse. Um, I got into it on Twitter the other day with one of these political reporters, Kyle Cheney, and he was saying, well, there's a very extensive process, you know, of uh, how they select the jurors. And it's very it's very, uh, you know, it goes in, into really in depth. I was like, Kyle, I've sat in those courtrooms with you. It's the honor system. They just say it's it's all a bunch of libs who come in. They sit down the jury, whether it's Steve Bannon, whether it's Roger Stone, uh, General Flynn, everybody knows the list. And they and one after one says they're going to put their biases aside. And then one after one, every single time they deliver a guilty verdict. And we see the same thing with January 6 cases by and large. And I think that it's ridiculous for anyone to think that anyone associated with the right, whether you like Trump or not, support Trump or not, will be able to get a fair trial in Washington, D.C. But I think what you're bringing up potentially could play a role if and I think when this all ends up at the Supreme Court. Absolutely. And I, I also think it's it's so interesting just to just to talk about one like the timing, but but also um, what, where this makes us look as a nation, like on a national scale, right? We were talking about um, Russia last time and, and this this Wagner group. And we're constantly, you know, trying to to um, tell other countries how they should act, sort of be the moral police of the world. And they we have this 
police state unfolding before our eyes in our own country. I, I just sometimes I just think, how can we possibly act like the world leaders when this is happening here? Um, not just with the with the prosecution and persecution of Trump, but you know, we had the these the, the new Facebook files as they're calling them now, where we see the Biden administration communicating with social media companies to uh, lower the traffic of people like Tommy Lair and the Daily Wire simply because they disagree with them. How can we possibly expect ourselves to be world leaders when this is happening right now? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, Michael McFowl, the former ambassador to Russia, was commenting, I guess this guy Navalny just got another you know, sentence in Russia. And he actually put up a tweet saying, this is the Obama's ambassador to Russia. And he put up a tweet this week, Evita, this week, saying that true leaders don't lock up their political opponents. I kid you not, he actually posted this as a Democrat, as a liberal Biden supporter saying this um, without any sarcasm, 100% meant it, just complete lack of self-awareness of exactly what you're describing right now. This is a very different type of politics. This is Eastern European style politics. And I could say, look, you know, as, as, a, as a guy from a Polish family, like, you know, if you, we could go down that road, but I don't know if other people would like it that much. And also just looking at what the charges actually are about that speaks to that entirely, right? I mean, Jack Smith has to prove that it's it's illegal to to question a, an election. Is, is Hillary Clinton going to go to jail now? Um, are, are all of the people that have questioned that election going to go to jail now? I mean, we, we this is First Amendment protected speech, right? That Trump's saying the last election was rigged. Um, and a lot of other Americans share that belief. Colleagues of mine wrote articles saying, these are all the problems with the 2020 election. Are they all now going to be you know, subject to to charges by the deep state. I mean, we we have to be thinking about what are the implications of these of, of these charges as well, because we know that they're doing it because they don't like Trump. And it's not, you know, some 40 chess thing where they're wanting to promote Trump or uh, prosecute Trump so that then, you know, he'll end up being the candidate because they don't think he's the most likely to win. <laughs> I've heard people saying that. It's in, so silly. I'm in prison. That's exactly why it's happening. Yes. That's exactly right. And unfortunately, you're now starting to see more and more Republicans. We were just saying this in the last segment, and I've got a uh, a comment in here from uh, the Wuhan clan who's who's listening. The Wuhan clan always sends the best stuff. And he says that Republicans are now speaking out against um, the 2020 election fraud theories specifically to help Jack Smith. And Bill Barr has done this as well because it helps him by saying that Trump's charges only hold if they can prove Trump didn't believe the election challenges and claims of fraud or stolen election. So there, this this crazy theory that we're all forced to unfortunately have to deal with is the, is to say that, well, Trump didn't actually believe, it's the George Costanza's defense actually, that if Trump didn't believe the lie himself, if he knew it was a lie, then therefore it becomes fraud. And now you're starting to see Bill Barr and other Republicans come out and say that they also didn't believe the, the lie. This helps Jack Smith, but at the same time, to your point, Vita, it's, it's crazy and it makes our country look absolutely ridiculous that other Republicans would sit there and go along with this. Whether you support Trump in the, in the primary or not, I think everyone should stand up against this corrupt 
process and call it out for what it is as you're doing. It's an it's an outrage. I mean, I, so I'm I'm from Wisconsin. I did reporting on on 2020 and post 2020 about the numbers, and I'm I've looked at Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which has decreased in population, and it actually hasn't changed much demographic wise. And Joe Biden somehow outperformed Obama in 08 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. How does that happen? So we, there are so many questions about this election, not to mention the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story, which the deep state knew was, was verified and correct and chose to instruct social media companies to suppress anyways. All of these things um, show that the 2020 election had problems, that we are not going to talk about that because we're going after Trump, right? The Republicans are going to, to try and pretend like none of that happened is an outrage because it's a degradation of our elections. If we don't have trust in our elections, if we don't, if we aren't confident in them, that's when we get into banana republic territory. And that's when things get really scary. And so that you would set, that you would sacrifice the, the well-being of our nation, the safety of our nation, the security of our nation, just because you hate Trump is shameful. And it's especially shameful for, from Republicans. Well, I, I couldn't agree more. We're coming up on a break here, but I'd love to I'd love to hold you over. You've got a couple of pieces out um, that I do want to get into that are incredible. But this is exactly right. What has our nation become in our own lifetimes? We've gone from the shining city on the hill to when you go into any of our cities. The last thing you see is anything shining. You think you're going to get stabbed. You think you're walking over human excrement all over the place. You're worried about people carjacking you, even in our nation's capital. As President Trump said yesterday, it's filthy. Our country has become filthy because we've allowed it to become this way. Stay tuned. More up with Evita Duffy as we continue. I'm always listening to Human Events with Jack Posobiec. All right, Jack Posobiec, we're back live here. Final segment with Evita Duffy. Evita, you've got a new piece out that I, apparently I didn't realize this, that, that Snow White is now a cultural Marxist. Has Snow White gone commie on us? What's going on here? Yeah, it's, it's a really kind of a funny story. There's, there's a clip from about a year ago that kind of started to resurface of the, the actor for, that's now playing the new live action Disney Snow White, um, basically saying that, you know, Disney is not going to be doing another, you know, Snow White that's just waiting for a prince, waiting for her husband. She's going to be a girl boss who wants to be a leader. Um, famously, this is this is directed by Greta Gerwig, the, the, also the director of Barbie. So if you can imagine what this is gonna be like, um, just think about that. But I, I just really had a problem with it because that is not the purpose of Snow White at all. I mean, the original story um, is is about a young girl, about her relationship with her stepmother, about womanhood, about growing older, um, about being okay with growing older. I mean, there are some really beautiful, interesting themes in this story that are being completely um, washed away by this new reinterpretation of, of Snow White. And not just you know, making Snow White a girl boss, but also the dwarves aren't dwarves. They're these gender fluid, multiracial, multi-sized um, dwarves. So they're not really dwarves at all. It's just sort of comical um, to think about, but also it should make all of us a little bit upset too, because you they take these classic stories and either they reject them and they say, we can't have them anymore. Or they say, I'm going to repurpose them for Marxism. I'm going to repurpose it for feminism um, and for, for gender diversity and for racial diversity and all these other, you know, identity politic type things. 
Oh, I mean, it's it's it just sounds like a bunch of godless commie gobbledygook where it's it's Snow White. I'm not going to be saved by some prince in 2023 as if we can completely redefine gender roles in America, as if we can completely change uh, the the concepts of what a family should be where. And I've argued this for years now at this point that the, the nuclear family and the defined gender roles are the oldest institution that we have on the planet. We have archaeological evidence that goes back tens of thousands of years of families living together in a nuclear family, mom, dad, kids. Okay, we, that predates, uh, it, it predates civilization itself. The nuclear family predates it. So we've got this institution that has existed, obviously is a natural, spiritual, biological imperative for us all to follow. And yet instead, we've got these cultural Marxists going in in Hollywood and just trying to destroy all of it in order to destabilize not only our country, but destabilize everything. And, and it's also just such a terrible message for young women. I mean, we. We talk about, you know, being a girl boss, not wanting to wait, wait around for a man. You're going to be able to be independent and do things on your own. Where has that gotten women? Women are more depressed and upset than they ever have been in human history. And you can look up the numbers on that. And it's more it's worse with with left wing women than it is conservative women. So that's also very interesting. But to tell women don't wait around for a man, don't be with a man is counter not just to to, to biology, but also, you know, what, what will actually make them at peace in their own souls, right? I mean, the most important thing for anyone to do, men and women, when they're young, is to look for a partner. My mom always told me that. She said, the most important thing in your life is not your career, it's choosing the right spouse. Um, and I took that advice and I got married pretty young and I feel pretty happy and I think I feel really sorry for all the women that have taken the opposite advice and wake up in their 40s um, or even their 50s and realize that they don't have a husband they don't have a family. Maybe they do have a husband, but no children. They have this really great career, but not the things in life that really make you happy. These are really terrible messages to be sending to young women. No, I, it's it's something I talk about a lot. I think that the TV show Sex in the City was an absolute psyop when it comes to this. And actually, um, the uh, the writer of Sex in the City got into it with me uh, a couple, it's about a year ago now where she had come out and actually said that she regretted not having kids. And I found that quote of hers and brought it up and just pointed it out to everybody that she, here she was, she founded the ultimate, it's like Girl Boss the series, Girl Boss the movie, and even she herself regretted it. And then she, she was immediately you know, screaming at me on Twitter, oh no, I take it back, it's, I didn't mean that. And she has like a one act play or something that's going on right now. So she's trying to retcon the whole thing. But it's, it's no, she admitted it in a, a rare act of clarity and honesty that uh, look, just trading in a family, trading in a um, acceptance with your, your spouse, the joy of having children for a nine to five, you know, and a 45 minute commute each way. That's not life. That's not what life's about. When I was in the Navy, I remember I had a senior chief, uh, actually when I was deployed to Guantanamo, who said something to me, he's a Pasovic, you know, just, you know, do what you want in the Navy. But remember, at the end of the day, you know, your job's not going to be there for you. They will replace you. They will replace you with the next person. They'll give you, you know, a goal watch or whatever it is, and they'll send you on your way. And the very next day, you will be replaced. But you know what can't be replaced? Your family. There's another. There's a, a meme about this as well. But you know, in uh, in 40 years, the only person who's going to remember 
all those days you stayed late at work is your kids. I mean, that's so powerful. And I also, I, I love the point about the, the woman who was at Sex and City who regretted not having children, because how many times are we going to continue to make bad or perpetuate bad policy based off of other people's regrets? So I think a lot of times feminists from, you know, from the 1960s and 70s, they realize that they've made a lot of mistakes and they, in, in, on the inside, feel really bad about what's happened to them, but they still push it on younger generations of women. And the same thing with transgenderism, to be honest. You have parents who have made the decision to transition their children, and for the rest of their lives, they are going to, to rally for transgender rights because they know that if they admit that they were wrong, they have done irrevocable damage to their children, that they have done something so horrifying that no parent should ever have to or want to experience. And also with abortion, right? There are how many women have had abortions that continue to say, we want rights to abortion because if they admit that it was wrong, then they have to admit their own guilt and their own pain. There are so many things in life and in leftism that are horrible, that are destroying people's lives, that we continue to perpetuate because people can't uh, admit and face their own guilt and regret. We are just about out of time. The great Evita Duffy, come back anytime. This is amazing. By the way, great news. Uh, the director of Snow White, who is also the director of Barbie, is now going to be hemming, helming the new Narnia series. So I'm sure that's really going to be great. I can't wait till they feminize Narnia. I wonder if Aslan is going to be Transland or something. I don't know. Evita, where can people go to find you? Evita uh, Duffy underscore one uh, on my Twitter. All right, folks, go make sure you follow the fire herself, Evita Duffy. Ladies and gentlemen, this week was a good week for the good guys, and don't let them tell you otherwise. Ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission to lay ashore.